1899, Sigmund Freud published his book, The Interpretation of Dreams. In Freud's view, dreams are all forms of wish fulfillment, attempts by the unconscious to resolve a conflict of some sort, whether something recent or something from the recesses of the past. Things that we cannot face when we are awake show up in our dreams to be processed and digested, or as he would say, resolved. Why? Why do we need to be asleep to do that? According to him, during dreams, we are more relaxed in our censored duty than in waking hours, but still attentive. As such, the unconscious must distort and warp the meaning of its information to make it through that censorship that we have. Images in dreams are often not what they appear to be, according to Freud, and need, because of that, deeper interpretation. Dreams, in his view, always come from below, where our true identity is. And they must be distrusted, or at least interpreted. His interpretation has been discussed thoroughly, and we must recognize that there is some truth to it, I think, at least. But we know that we're not defined by what is below, but by what is above. Our truest and most profound identity lies in the mind and heart of God, because there in his mind and heart is the image of the man and women that we are called to be. He's the one that knows us better than anyone. He's the one who created us. In him, we find our identity and our mission. And as a sign of that, occasionally, we can also be visited in our dreams from on high. They're not always from below. And these are usually very vivid dreams with realistic contours. And we wake up with deep joy and peace, wishing that the dream would not fade. I don't know if you had this experience yourself. I met many people who share with me their dreams from on high. And they know that God was speaking to them in those dreams. And it's not surprising. In his very first speech after Pentecost, Peter quoted the prophet Joel and proclaimed, these are Peter's words, it will come to pass in the last days, God says, that I will pour out a portion of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. So Joseph received God's visit in a dream. And it was a very important message. It was one of those dreams from on high, not from below. It is called the Annunciation of Joseph. We know the facts. We just heard the facts. Joseph had decided to divorce Mary, to, to whom he was betrothed. She was pregnant, and the child was not his. You know, some argue that Joseph never doubted Mary, that he knew right away, and he knew her so well that he could have never thought that she would betray him in any way or in such a way. So he knows right away that the child was from God and feels completely unprepared and unworthy for the mission of being his foster father. And he attempts to run away, moved by profound humility. So that is one interpretation. Others, like Augustine, think differently. 
they accept that Joseph was really confused. It was hard to accept that Mary could have possibly cheated on him. It was almost unimaginable, unimaginable, but the facts were too concrete. She was pregnant. So because he had such a noble heart and not wanting to judge or condemn her, he decided to leave. I think this approach is more probable. Otherwise, it does not make any sense that the angel had to explain to him the source of Mary's pregnancy. Plus, is what you get from just reading the text, the, the, the first meaning that, it, that you get when you read the text. He was confused and ran away. So he could not expose, he wouldn't have to expose her. In any case, after Joseph received the explanation of in a dream, that was enough for him. He right away did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. So for him, a dream was enough, a vivid and concrete dream for sure. He, for example, he's called the son of David. That was really concrete. He's told the name that his child has to receive. It's also very concrete. But still, it's a dream. And like Mary that received the visit of the angel in her waking hours, he was sleeping, but it was enough for him. I think all this story has some lessons for us. First, we don't always discern well. We have to accept that. With the facts that Joseph had available, he discerned that he needed to leave Mary. He was a just man, so he thought that God wanted him to take distance from her. He you know, thought through the situation. I don't want to harm her in any way, but still she's pregnant. I'm just divorcing her. So I guess he went through that thought process. He discerned before God that that was what he needed to do. But he was wrong. Sometimes we can discern to do something, but we are still not infallible. We can be wrong. And then time, facts, and also God's interventions will prove us right or wrong. We live by faith, not by sight. So we need to discern with the facts that we have at hand, because we need to move forward. We need to make decisions. But we also need to be open to be reoriented in our decisions. Not to be stubborn, but to be open that God would say to us through his mediations, or sometimes even directly, like in a dream, no, you decided wrong. You don't have all the facts. You have to change. So that's the first lesson, to be open to God's reorientations, to discern, to decide, but always leaving him the last word, so to say. Secondly, you know, the deeper a person is, the less she needs signs to understand. I think this is very important. When someone is deep, attentive, she gets it right away. And love is the instrument of this type of understanding. When you love someone, you don't need much to understand. The tone of the voice, or a frown, or a specific gaze is enough for you. There's no need for many explanations. You get it because you are connected to that person. You love that person. You care 
about that person and that situation. So you're open, you are vigilant, and then you get it quickly. Joseph trusted and loved God. So he was troubled by the situation, but not to the point that he wasn't able to sleep. He was sleeping very well. At the end of the day, he was able to put everything in God's hand and just go to sleep. He trusted him more than anything else. And because Joseph loved God and also loved Mary, he got it right away in a dream, of course. But a dream was enough. He didn't need much. It made all sense for him when he received this dream. Oh, this is the fact that I didn't handle. An angel visited Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. Sure. Unlike Ahaz in the first reading, he did not want a sign from the Lord and because he, did, he wanted his own way. The third lesson that we can take away is that the more open to God's direction we are, the more he will guide us. Joseph took Mary with him, accepted the mission of protecting and loving the mother of the child and the child, and very soon he was awakened again in another dream and told, take the mother and the child and fly to Egypt. So God kept speaking to him. Once you are open to his directions and he begins to guide you, then he keeps guiding you. So life becomes an adventure, an, an, an amazing adventure, where, where in which we, of course, our protagonists, we have to decide, we have to, you know, we have to take some risks, but at the end of the day, we can sleep in peace because we know that we are in God's hands and that, that, that he is doing something with us and through us. It's very important to say to the Lord, guide me, speak to me, show me. And if we love him and want to do his will, we won't need much to know what he wants. We will get it. He will speak to us. You know, we have a word for God speaking to us and calling us to do something, and we call it vocation. Joseph received his vocation that night. And we all have a vocation, a call from God that unfolds through life. So, what are you being called to lately as you approach the manger? How are you following the star? How is God speaking to you? How are you attentive to him? Or are you so connected to you know, worldly worries that you are unattentive and then you don't get it when he tries to speak to you? How connected are to him? How is your prayer life? How is your love for God? How is your attentiveness? How is your willingness to be directed by him? How is your trust? Joseph was so privileged. He got to witness and participate in the intimacy of the Holy Family. Because he was attentive, receptive to God's visitations, he had the honor and the privilege and the joy to live for many years in the hidden garden of the Holy Family, enjoying daily life with Mary and Jesus, 
sitting with them at the table, joking with them, laughing and suffering together. I think he was the luckiest man on earth to live with Mary and with Christ, with Jesus. What if Joseph had, had dismissed God's visitation? So as we approach Christmas, let us ask for the grace to be attentive and loving and open and docile to God's visitations in, in any way they come to us.